welcome. We are here live with the lovely Rebecca Chamberlain of Compass Realty Group. <laughs> Everyone loves the word lovely. I love I think it. Rebecca's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, Brad, my, can I interrupt? Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, this is your. What adjective would you use to describe Brad? He picked lovely. What, what would you say? Thoughtful. Yes. Thoughtful. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also have my wingman, Mr. Steve Sandell, and yes, our business development manager, Jessica Von Barrett. Good morning. I keeping like us the, on track. Keeping us, yeah, yeah. keeping us on track. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca's a local agent and she's with Compass Realty Group and you have a new office yeah. despite your seven-year tenure in real estate in downtown Hudson right? We do yeah it's really beautiful. Where is it exactly? If you know where Bennett's Steakhouse is right on Main Street or 2nd Street or right next door in the 509 building on the second floor. Is there a sign there now? We have a sign in the window yes. Oh, awesome. Bennett's Steakhouse do you guys frequent Bennett's? <laughs> I mean every once in a while. Yeah, I heard Bennett's, it's great. Pier 500. Uh, know, there's a lot of good options mm-hmm. downtown. Agave, San Pedro, Agave. Agave. San Pedro, Pedro de Este. There's a Dairy Queen on the corner. <laughs> yeah, there is. That's not one I, I often find myself at. Oh, now. check it out. Okay. Dilly Bar. Okay. <laughs> On to the business. On to the business. <laughs> so Rebecca's been in the business for seven years. What did you do before the real estate business? And how did you get into it? It's always Ooh. interesting to know how people yeah. fall into <laughs> the real estate business. That's a really good question. So before I got into real estate, I had spent a year at an insurance company. I had my insurance license, but also was a CRM for the owner of the company with all their commercial accounts. And as I was sitting at the desk watching everybody else make a ton of money and getting paid by the hour, I knew that I could do something more. I had a history in dairy farming, so I knew how to work hard and I knew what business plans look like, profit and loss, all of the things. And one day my aunt looked at me, she's like, why don't you get into real estate? And I was like, hmm, I never thought about that. And during that process, I also had gone through a divorce where I had to say goodbye to my home and kind of reestablish myself. And I realized how important home is and what a foundation our homes are to everything else in our life. It's a place to let our hair down, a place to rest and go back out and do the things that we need to do every day. So all of that coupled together, I took the classes and took the test and decided I was going to get into real estate and help other people on their journey home. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Not an easy thing to do. <laughs> was your aunt, is she a realtor? No. Oh, okay. No. Just so I just had the idea. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know anybody in real estate huh. at the time. How was the insurance business similar yet different to the real estate business? Are there any parallels? Are there, what are the things that you like about real estate that maybe you didn't like about insurance? I think the parallels are all about the relationship. And I think two things that are really important in both businesses are really understanding the product or what you're doing, whether it's an insurance policy or what is the process of a real estate transaction look like and being top of the industry. And also understanding how to build genuine relationships. You know, most of my business comes from referrals and that's because you take the time to build strong relationships. And I think any Mm -hmm. business that goes from zero to 100 overnight doesn't have a foundation that will last, but building lasting relationships creates a business for a lifetime. Slow and steady wins the race. (laughs) race, I agree with that, yeah. One other thing before I forget, you said dairy farm. What does it look like being a dairy farmer, a day in the life of being a dairy farmer? Mm -hmm. Do you ever sleep as a dairy farmer? Yeah, there were seasons that we just decided to milk three times a day and literally I don't think I slept 
for like nine months. Oh my God. But the day in the life, I mean, it changes all the time with the seasons and with family. But for me, it would look like the alarm going off about four o'clock in the morning and going out and milking cows. Mm -hmm. I would get. Good question. <laughs> Follow up question. It's all operational. Uh, is it is it all mechanical it's now? Mechanical. Or, or do you, did you do it by hand? Oh, it's mechanical. I mean, there's still a lot that has I, to be done by hand. Those, yeah, there's a lot that has okay. to be done. Okay, I just hand. i i've seen <laughs> videos. <laughs> <laughs> you need to check out the well, they've got it's. Yeah, I'm fascinated, but let's keep going. So 4 a.m. milk the cows. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> Pilates after yeah, that? Or? No, I mean, for me, I did all the milking, and my partner at the time did all the feeding. So he would mix feed, do that kind of stuff. And so chores would go from about 4 a.m. till 10. Wow. And then in there, I'd also take a break and get the kids ready for school and off to wow. school for the day. Oh my God. What time um, did you go to bed at getting up at 4 a.m.? Like 9. And then your quiet time is in the middle of the day when you're a dairy farmer because cows have to be milked every 12 hours. So then it would look like a little bit of time to do the books or clean the house or make dinner and then go back out, get the kids off the bus and go to back cat it at about four in the afternoon. How many cows were you milking? About 80. 80 cows? Yeah, we were an organic dairy farm and we ran about 500 acres. Do you miss it at all? No, I mean, I loved the country. It was, the area was just stunningly Mm. beautiful. What town was this? Strom, Wisconsin. But no, I don't miss the lifestyle of working 24-7. There just wasn't any balance in Mm. it. But I am grateful for that season because everything I've done since then is easy. Yeah. 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 The real world seems, the non-farming world might seem easier than the Mm -hmm. farming world. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. No kidding. How about one question? Question. Yeah, burn, uh, burn it up. Part of the St. Croix Valley Home Builders Association, they actually have days where they'll take kids out of high schools that want to be farmers or carpenters. Mm-hmm. Like it's non traditional you know, if you're not going to go to college, which a lot of kids now are going to the trades or farming, they re- it's interesting, they really push it. And it sounds like there's a, like it's hard to find new you know, farmers. Is that accurate? Like, is that because it's not profitable, it is profitable, or just with the internet, kids want to do other things? Or why is that? A- Ooh, that's a good question. It is an industry where it's really hard to make a profit because all of your income is determined by somebody else. Somebody else tells you how much they're going to pay you for your milk. Somebody Mm. determines what feed prices are that year. Somebody determines what seed costs are that year. So you have all these inputs that are determined by somebody else. All of your outputs are determined by somebody else. And basically the weather is what determines whether you're going to be profitable or not. It's a very difficult business to be in. Mm -hmm. And with the way that prices have changed over the years, the small farm is really not even possible anymore so you're looking at more mega industries and you know at some point you break even as you get bigger and can automate more and it takes less manpower but there's still so many different variables when it comes to your expenses that and your profit that it is really difficult so, so a lot of children that are born into it that probably repeat the we were first generation mm-hmm. oh really yeah oh. yeah so we were kind of the oddballs even in our community because mm-hmm. we looked at things so differently being a first generation farmers versus people who just did it the way dad did it because that's the way grandpa did it mm-hmm. but they were like fresh perspective Interesting. And then did you sell the milk too? Yeah. Have you heard of Organic Valley? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were on their milk carton. Are you serious? Yeah. Pictures of you guys? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That was you. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> That's Are awesome. you still on it? <laughs> no. Oh. They change them annually. <laughs> and organic versus non-organic is just because the cows are getting fed with... It's cleaner. actually easier to be profitable or oh. if you farm organic okay. on a smaller scale. Inside Dairy Farming, we'll be but back after butter. this. Oh. Yeah. That doesn't go to-
butter, cheese, like all of it good. All of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if they come and pick up your milk, it depends like what the they amount. Do with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, what do we? Okay. So there's, a, I mean, there's a plethora of huh. dairy farming skills that transfer into real estate, but what are a few of them that really carried over and have helped you be successful in real estate? Work ethic, I imagine. Yeah. Work <laughs> ethic for sure. And probably understanding how to build a business and grow a business. We went from zero when we started to a $900,000 gross annual revenue over the years we grew that business together. And so understanding what it takes, the investments that it takes to grow, those have definitely transferred over. Do you think any of your kids want to be farmers? (laughs) Not right now. No, not too young. Too young. Yeah, Well, you're a busy person. Mm-hmm. You're doing other things too. You've got events that you're hosting and facilitating for not just for people who want to buy houses or invest in real estate, but also women in business. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've got on the calendar and what's mm-hmm. coming up? Yeah, we have some exciting things coming up. And events is a way that I find really fun to meet new people mm-hmm. and forge new relationships and offer a lot of value. We hope people who walk away from our events learn something new that really helps them on their journey in life. And so we have a first-time homebuyers workshop coming up on February 6th. And, you know, there's so much chat in the news right now you know rent prices are high interest (laughs) rates are high right guys and you know if you're renting it's kind of like what the heck do I do and so we're going to help break down what those mean for you what those statistics mean for you in navigating whether now is a good time to buy a home or not we also have another event coming up in March women in business and this is simply a time for women who are in business to come together as you've heard I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Mm-hmm. I also have four children and have learned a lot along the way about how to navigate the roller coaster that all of that is and how to also be my own person through the process. And so we're going to come together and talk about bottlenecks in business and how we can overcome those as women. And then we also have a couple online events coming up called Uncoupling Us. And those will be happening in February on the 13th. And... I'm looking at the calendar, the 27th. And this is for anybody who's considering getting divorced. There's a lot to navigate. I know personally, being a business owner, I spent a lot of money working with professionals trying to figure out how to value that business on top of custody, on top of actually just the process of getting divorced. It cost me about $30,000 start to finish. And so our goal with this is to help you walk away with action steps and understand from A to Z, what does the process look like? And then help you navigate all of that. you do need to sell a home, buy a home, what does it look like inside of the legal system, your financial plan, all of the things that you need to consider, and you can walk away with clarity, and we want to get rid of the chaos during that hour together. So those are some of the events we have coming up. Wow, that's a handful, it's a mouthful, it's a a calendar full too, I don't know, that's a lot of work you guys are doing. Do you Work ethic. Work ethic, yeah. No kidding, do they start at 4 a.m.? Any of these? (laughs) My day does. Yeah. Do you still start your... 4.45. Really? Wow. What can we find Rebecca Chamberlain doing at <laughs> 5 a.m.? Like, what were you doing today, this morning, 5 a.m.? Working out. So I think morning routines are so important. And yeah. if you get up and you're in charge of your day, then the day doesn't run you and you run your day. Yeah. So my morning looks like I get up and I drink lemon water. And do a workout, meditation, journal while my coffee's brewing, drink some coffee, and get my day started. And when I can do that and 
get in my gratitude and affirmations, then my day is off to a great start and I'm able to accomplish what I need to. And be clear on what's important. That's awesome. I feel like we're watching a tulip blossom. (laughs) (laughs) Mega agent. That's lovely. Lovely tulip. Did I say lovely? Lovely. No, I. I, We brought it back. We just put it all together. Just put it all together. It's going to be on billboards. You got it. She won't need to be. She won't need to be. Yeah, that's impressive stuff. I think that you're uncoupling us, right? Yep. I mean, I've been around the business for 20 plus years, so speak. I haven't heard of anyone taking that niche and running with it just because it's so real, it's so prevalent, but if you're going through a divorce, what better thing to go to a support group with people that have gone through it, Mm -hmm. have all the resources, and oh, by the way, Rebecca's an agent, someone can help you navigate that next big, like Mm -hmm. you said, how important a home is to someone. Yeah, that's a real-life problem that I just haven't heard of anyone tapping into before. So um. Yeah, that's a great idea and a great resource. Yeah. You know what my favorite thing about Rebecca is? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> she, she's worldly. Worldly, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's lived in exotic locales, <laughs> uh, California, southern Minnesota, and Moscow. And I, in all sincerity, I think that's fantastic. And I'd love to hear more about it. I think it probably did a lot to kind of shape you as a young child. Do you want to talk a little bit about when you lived in Moscow? Give us a little Moscow story. You got a quick one? (laughs) Um, Rebecca lived in Moscow when she was 10 years old. How long were you there? A year. A year. Yeah. Okay. Did you have one of the big hats that they wore? The big fur hats? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You did? That's necessary. It is. Yeah, that's necessary. Well, all the travel, I mean, you travel on public transit. So you're walking outside, and it's not nearly as cold there as it is here, but it's never sunny, and the sun rises at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning and sets at, like, 3.34 in the afternoon. So it's cold, and it snows a lot. Moscow story, a couple different ones. We had an ice skating rink right outside. We actually lived in an orphanage. Oh. We had an ice skating rink right outside our window. So I went ice skating almost every single day. Wow. And still love to ice skate. Can you do any tricks? Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I still can. And my kids look at me like, you're set to show off. Yeah. That's the only thing I can show off and show you guys up. Can so you do a, a double axel? I can spin. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what a double axel yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah, pretty okay. fast. Wow, that's cool. I'm skating. Triple cow cow. And then one day we ended up in the black market, Ooh. which is terrifying. And then something that's interesting interesting there is like every post office every bank they have guards with machine guns wow. everywhere and they don't care where they point them so you're just kind of like whoa, whoa, and it's oh, just like really? pointed at you there's times. no gun etiquette yeah. what are they no selling in the black, at the black market <laughs> anything you would think naturally would be on the black market everyone's carrying around guns Louis Vuitton all of the name oh, brand things Levi like, jeans probably probably so yeah. it was that was probably <laughs> the scariest <laughs> I'm serious aren't Levi jeans they were like, like back it. in the 80s, I feel like that was... Jabal. Yeah. And their milk is shelf-stable. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't it know. That doesn't it doesn't have to be refrigerated. Your Gross. milk doesn't? <laughs> so it's Why? warm? It's like Europe. How does that work? It's a cultural thing. <laughs> it's been pasteurized? or Yeah, highly. Highly. Mm-hmm. Wow. I want to know more, but we don't have time don't to have talk time. any more Moscow stories. But the black market, could you buy, like, I suppose it's all stolen type yeah, stuff, right? Probably. Yeah. This <laughs> is a highly unsafe environment. Really? Oh, yeah. Just a lot of bad stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Back to real estate. Compass Realty Group. You guys have a nice big office in Clear Lake. Yeah. So we're Clear Lake, Amory, New Richmond, Osceola, Baroqua, and Hudson. 
Viroqua. <laughs> Viroqua? Yeah. yeah. Have we been there? A, we've had a few customers in Viroqua, yeah. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, you guys have a nice big group. What are you kind of seeing in the market now that we're into January of 24? No snow in Minnesota and Wisconsin. <laughs> kind of feels like we live in Iowa. Or Moscow. Or Mo- oh, no, Moscow has snow, but it's warmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's it's right. such an odd winter, it's isn't it? It is It's going to be in the 40s for the next week. Yeah. Yeah. But now that the holidays have come and gone, people start to refocus on their real estate needs, mm-hmm. their ambitions, and yeah. the calls you're getting. What are you seeing in the market from the market and your consumers or your customers? Not the black market, the real estate market. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you yeah, for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we're seeing is obviously we still have a problem with inventory. And end of last year, we were starting to be able to negotiate a little bit more and get some good deals for our buyers. But we're getting back to some multiple offers. Prices are still stable. Mm-hmm. What I would predict is going to happen is we're in a election year. So I think it's going to get a little more interesting when it comes to multiple offers. <laughs> yeah, multiple offers. Yeah. Are you seeing, you know, a few years ago, you talk about the feeding frenzy and the multiple offers and buyers had to go in with no inspection contingencies, no people had to make yeah, kind of right. rash decisions on yeah. properties they wouldn't even see them live do you think that'll come back or not quite that I mean this is purely speculation but I would say no that's not going to come back for a couple reasons I think we really had a, an anomaly of events in from 2020 to 2022 We had, obviously, COVID. We had a lot of cash being pumped into the market from all of the stimulus stimulus packages. And so we're not going to see that type of movement or those type of situations probably ever again in our lifetime. I think numbers from last year are back to when we were rebuilding from 2008, you know, the Mm -hmm. 2013, 2014 numbers. And we're not going to see what we experienced just a couple of years ago in the year ahead. I think we're going to see a lot more need for skilled negotiations to get deals done Mm -hmm. with interest rates and with low inventory. So not just any Tom, Dick, and Harry can go out and represent a buyer or seller in the market that we're heading into. You need someone who knows what they're doing, who's mm-hmm. been doing it for seven years, yeah. maybe has got, you know, Absolutely. a worldly view and that type of thing. When it comes to buying and selling at this point, yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, you could take a picture on an iPhone and never even have a photo on the MLS and sell at home. And it's just not that way anymore. Yeah. I remember those days of... FaceTiming, you'd be in an open house and you'd see realtors there doing a FaceTime showing for their clients. And that would be as much of the house that they saw. And it's interesting, you know, we got clients who did that and they bought houses. And then it's funny how, you know, just a couple years later, it was like, yeah, we got kind of caught up in the moment and we weren't able to do our due diligence and really think about it. And now we'd like to move on. So we're we're starting to see a little bit of that in the market. Are you seeing that at all? People who were rushed to a decision back in 2020, 2021, and now they're maybe rethinking that I haven't but I was very cautious with any of my clients we didn't rush into any decisions and we really looked holistically at what they were looking for and waited for the right opportunity or just waited for that season to end because it was so easy to get caught up in the hype and think it was going to last forever but clearly there was no way that it was going to so most of my clients waited it out and anything I had that was crazy I just got to be on the list side how about real estate just because if you guys have an office in Clear Lake like some of the outlying areas versus Hudson or Stillwater or Woodbury the big cities yeah big cities big city yeah the big I know there's less out there but is it the same in Clear Lake as it is 
like, does it take even longer to sell a house in Clear Lake? Than yeah, so Clear Lake is it's the same, but price points are different, right? So if we look at Hudson as a whole right now, the median price for an uh, average home that's listed today is 600 and some odd thousand dollars. And those are sitting about a little bit longer. The median price for things that have closed in the last 30 days is $430,000. So that tells us that that $400,000 range is the sweet spot of what people are looking for and what's mm. moving. Mm. And so we see things go quickly when they're 400 and under. They're going to sit a little bit longer when they're 500 and above. Mm. Clearly it's the same, but the price points are different, right? There's very rarely a $600,000 listing mm. there. That's like a million dollar listing in Hudson. But if it's in that 250 300 range it's going to go fast a little bit above that it's going to sit a little bit longer are you seeing people moving to areas like clear lake and commuting into bigger towns is there a lot of that or is it i feel like that slowed down we saw a lot of that when people started working remotely like a ton of that i think it has slowed down but it's not gone completely i think some people are realizing maybe remote is the way of the future like it's not going to end some people thought maybe you know they're going to call me back to the office but if it's really a permanent situation we are seeing some of that and I feel like people too just some people want to have a little bit of land and raise their own Mm -hmm. food and like that's a trend that is coming back like Canada it is like Canada (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think it's a good thing Yeah. yeah I do too I tried raising my own food, but I couldn't figure out how to plant a cheeseburger. Gosh, well, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell a bad joke, and it's like, okay, it's over. Well, okay. Uh, but you know what? On that note. <laughs> honestly, Rebecca, did you notice how Rebecca just kind of rattled off those stats? Like, you can tell when agents are, are really kind of dedicated to their craft and yes. understand the numbers and the trends and things that are going on. She did that with no notes. No notes? No, yeah. She didn't have the Google in front Sorry. of her or anything. So that's it says a lot when a realtor could just kind of do that off the top of their head because there's so many numbers and stats and everything going around. But it's good to know that if you want someone who knows the market in which you're buying, call Rebecca. Call Rebecca. With a K. Yeah, what, what if someone wanted to get a hold of you? How would they do that? Yes, they can certainly call me. My phone number is 612-391-0171. Texts work as well, if that you're more comfortable with that. And then hopefully we'll have my email address and other information in the show notes. They will. Perfect. <laughs> they will. Yes. They will. Well, thank you for coming today, Rebecca. Will you come back for number two? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I for will. Episode number two. It's been, it's been lovely. <laughs> it's been lovely. <laughs> number two sounds great. Yeah. <laughs>